this week, we have advice, advice that was given to us. And some advice we'd like to share with you. All coming up now on Mixing It Up with Pete and Maureen. Well, hi, I'm Pete Toriello. Maureen Turiello. And it's time again for what we hope is your favorite podcast, Mixing It Up with Pete and Maureen. Of course We're, it's their favorite podcast. What, podcast? what other podcast is there? There are any others. <laughs> Every week we get together here in our dining room studio and we mix it up about whatever it is that's on our mind that week. Now, sometimes we pull it off the top of our heads. And sometimes it comes out of somewhere else. And this week, it's going to be coming straight from the heart as we share... Our advice, the advice that some of our family members gave to us over the years, and our advice to you. And I was surprised, Maureen, at how little advice was offered to you over the years by your family, other than not marrying me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it's it, I came out of that children should be seen and not heard category of uh, child rearing and. We weren't, I wasn't treated as an equal in any way, and, you know, I, I didn't ask for advice, and I didn't get any advice. Hmm. Yeah, my family was very big on, uh, on advice. Now, I know that your mom used to say, marry for money, not for love. Yeah, and just as easy to marry a rich man as it is to marry a poor man. Yeah. Now, is there an explanation for that? Because I know people might say, well, wow, that's kind of a, kind of a cold thing to say. I think just because she had it so hard, uh, she she was relegated to to being the the one to keep a roof over our heads, and and my father was out of work a lot, and uh, you know a lot of the financial responsibilities fell on her, and I think it, it came out of a, a genuine wish for us kids to have a better life than what she had, and to have it easier than she had. So I mean, it came from a good place. Mm. I don't agree with what she said, but. I think that's where it came from. Now, I know that she did not want you to marry me. Mm -hmm. In fact, when when you got engaged, she was quite upset. Oh, that was, uh, we came back all excited. And, you know, we we brought a bottle of champagne and came back in. I got engaged and it was kind of like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, that that, that didn't sit well with me. (laughs) And it took quite a few years for her mom and I to really like each other. Mm-hmm. And we finally did. Yes. We finally did. But to my everlasting regret, uh, it took too damn many years for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And some of the advice that I think Maureen and I can both offer you as maybe as young parents or parents of, of teenagers or kids in their 20s, stay out of it. Stay out of it. Stay out of their romantic Absolutely. affairs. Absolutely. There is no, no worse way to push your kid away from you than by telling them who they should marry and who they can't marry. And, and who they, they should date and who they shouldn't date. Um, it's, it's a guaranteed, a guaranteed turn off to your kids. And you could say, well, I'm just trying to give them good advice. No, stay out of it. Let them make their mistakes. There, there, there is no good way to do that. No, way to, no good way to do it. Let them make their mistakes, and they'll learn from the mistake. 
and sometimes it, you know your your very worst fear will come true because you'll tell them don't do it and they're going to turn around and do it just because you said don't the only thing that my parents ever said to me was you know marry a nice italian girl <laughs> And I never dated an Italian girl because the only Italian girl that I ever asked out turned me down. You know, I'm just thinking back. Um, my parents would have preferred me to marry either a Jewish guy or an Irish guy. Yeah. I dated a Jewish guy, but I never dated an Irish guy. My mother had laid down the law with me in that there were three... There were three ethnic groups that I could not marry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Maureen and I are both 66, and our parents, you know, came from, my mom was uh, born in 1912, my dad was born in 1905, and they came from a much different time, a much different time, and uh, a much different culture, and I'm not defending them. I'm not defending them. They were good people. They were loving parents to me. They helped a lot of people along the way. But they did have their prejudices. And I don't think they even realized, they, or they didn't even view them as prejudice because it was just part of the culture back Part of then. their culture. And I was told that there were three ethnic groups that my mother would say to me, don't you ever bring this type, that type, and that type over there into my house, Peter. And mm-hmm. that's, that's as far as I'm going to go with it. But that was her marriage advice. And marry a nice Irish girl. Marry an Irish girl? I'm sorry, marry a nice Italian girl. <laughs> I was going to say. Marry, yeah, marry a nice Italian girl. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, and, you know, again, not, not defending it, but there is a tiny bit of wisdom in that. Not that, it, like, we, you know, we obviously have made it work, but I think that there is a, a, a little pearl of wisdom in that, you'd probably get along better with someone that from came your from culture? your culture and that was brought up the same way you were with the same values and the same experiences. Well, this is true because you, to this day, don't really have that big an appreciation for pasta and you think they all <laughs> taste alike. Well, they do. <laughs> Ziti, rigatoni, gavadil, lasagna, you think, the only thing that changes, Peter, are the, the shapes. shapes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I was like, no, Maureen, they taste different it's a different eating experience now they're all the same yep see if you were italian you would have understood this Uh, well whatever (laughs) (laughs) so that was the advice that was given to us on uh, on getting married and of course i know your mom used to say don't don't do your dirty laundry for everybody to see yeah so Again, it was a very, I think that was kind of an Irish thing. I don't know. But it, it was very, very private. And you don't go telling everybody your business and you, you, you know, you keep it all to yourself. And I don't think that's very good advice. I mean, on one, on one hand, it, it works because, you know, certain things are better off left on, you know, in the privacy of your own family or whatever. But I, I think, you know, you, you grow up then like not sharing yourself with other people and, and, and keep it, always keeping a part of yourself reserved. And I, I think it makes you, I don't know, like more cold maybe or uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I just don't think it's the best advice. Did any 
any of your parents ever give you any advice on a career? My father always wanted me to be a pharmacist. He worked in hospitals a lot, and he he had a lot of respect for them, and he thought that that was a really good career that you know wasn't wasn't terribly taxing on you. It was a respectable yeah. career, yeah, part, and you make a lot of money, community. and you yeah. make a lot of money, and it you know he thought that would be a really good career for me. Um, my mother, on the other hand, she didn't. Oh, she didn't really care what I was because I I think she was still of the mindset that you know, well you're going to work for a few years and then you're going to, you know, get married and have babies, and so what you have as a career really isn't all that important. My mother never gave me career advice, other than to say. I don't like you messing around with those wires downstairs, Peter. Because I, from the well, time, you caused the big blackout. <laughs> she blamed me for the blackout in sixty. What was it, sixty-eight? Uh, from the time that you know I could walk, I wanted to do what I do, and that is work in broadcasting in some way, shape, or form. I, for a while, I wanted to be a television cameraman. Uh, I wanted to be a television director, and then I, I fell in love with the idea of being a radio DJ, which is what I eventually became. And I've been lucky to, to be employed in the, the job that I love for all my career. But, you know, mom never encouraged it. And when I would be downstairs, and I, I can't tell you how many radios I destroyed <laughs> in our house as a kid, just taking them apart and just, you know, seeing what made it work. And I, I wrecked the Philco. <laughs> my mom and dad had this big Philco AM FM radio with a record player built in. I destroyed it, pulled it out of the cabinet and just freaking destroyed it i don't i don't know how i'd live past that (laughs) ruined it uh and so my mother would say to me what are you doing down there peter i don't like when you're you're playing with those wires down there my dad was you know never questioned me about it he was a big um a big promoter of my career when i was in college radio (laughs) he would call the neighbors Mm mm-hmm and he was really mad at one of the neighbors because he called the guy and he goes, oh, my, my son Pete's going to be on the radio tonight. And the guy was like, well, who gives a damn about your son? And like my dad never spoke to that guy again. Yeah. He was just, he was dumbfounded that somebody could, <laughs> could say <laughs> that to him about me. So he was very supportive. But the only advice that I got from my dad was go to college so you can work with your brain and not have to work with your hands. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with working with your hands. People that work with your hands can make a lot of money today. If you're if you're a tradesman, if you're a good HVAC guy, a good electrician, a good contractor, you know you, you can make doctor lawyer kind of money. Mm-hmm. You know you, you can make Wall Streeter kind of money if you've got a successful HVAC firm. So sure, sure. ain't nothing wrong with working with your hands. But Pete Torriello Sr.'s advice to Junior here was. Go to college and work with your head, not with your hands. Also, um, don't worry about what other people think. My mom was a lot like that. And it's so funny because I was told, worry about what other people think. Yeah. Don't air your dirty laundry for everybody to see. It's it's really funny that we were brought up so opposite. Yeah, now Rose, my mom spoke her mind and... If you didn't like it, that was your problem. If you didn't agree with her, that was your problem. 
but she was somebody that you didn't want to mess with. Mm-hmm. And so she, she was like, you know, you, you worry about what you got to worry about. Don't, don't worry about what other people think. Uh, also, she used to say, if somebody hits you, hit them back. Yeah, and I was more like turn the other cheek. I, yeah, I was more of a of a pacifist as a kid, mm-hmm. and boy, and I got my bumps to to go along with it. But you know, I mean, I I, I don't know what the answer. I, I personally, I don't think violence is really the way to go. But sometimes it sometimes it works. I think that their thought was the best way to deal with a bully is to beat up the bully. Mm-hmm. And then the unless, bully unless wants the to be your friend. Unless the bully's got some unless bigger friends. Unless the bully has got a bigger friend <laughs> or, who's going to come and, and take revenge. Uh, or, of course, now they will tell you, all, all of the all of the uh, psychologists say, disengage. Yeah. Don't engage people because you don't know who's got a weapon today. Everybody's got a friggin' gun. I know. I know. It's very scary. Pe- people getting shot for flipping somebody the bird while they were driving. That's why I stopped doing it. <laughs> People getting shot over this stuff. So I wouldn't tell a kid today to push somebody or, or hit no, somebody no. back. Just engage, disengage, disengage and, and the get the hell out of there. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you really, if it's a matter of, of your survival and your physical protection, yeah, if, if you can hit them and then run like hell, mm-hmm. do it. The, the, the bottom line is you want to get away sure. from the problem. So sure. that's, that is uh, the advice that was given to me and our advice to you on that. Uh, follow your passion. Follow your passion. That is my advice to you, especially if you're a young person. Are you going to get rich following your passion? You might. You might not. We know so many people that say they hate their job. I got to go to that damn job every day. I hate that job. We had a guy here, a contractor working on the HVAC. And just to make conversation, I was down in the the basement with the guy while he was working. And I said, so tell me, uh, how long have you been doing this HVAC thing? And he said to me, too damn long. And I said to him, then why are you doing it? And he said, well, I got kids. I got, I got bills to pay. And I said, okay, I get that. You know, I raised three of them. I get that. But I'm thinking maybe it's time for this guy to, while he is doing the job that he doesn't like, to try and figure out an exit strategy and find a way to do something that he's going to love doing. Because I know it sounds very cliche, but speaking for myself, if you are doing something every day that you love doing, you don't work a day in your life. Is every day for me a great day at my job? Hell no. (laughs) I've done that job for 38 years. And there were days that, quite frankly, I wanted to put the headphones down and say, F this. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think the number of good days far outweighs the bad. And certainly the, the people that I've worked with over the years, I couldn't have had better people. Couldn't have had nicer people to be friends and, and co-workers. Yeah, you, you've been very fortunate. Um, Extremely fortunate. But I, I, I think, you know, 
optimally, yes, you you try to make your passion your work, and you try to find a way to make that a way to make, earn your living. But I, I I don't think that that's necessarily always realistic. And I think as long as you have a passion, and you have an outlet to do that passion, it doesn't necessarily have to be your career. It could be a hobby. It could be volunteer Because work. if you have that, it, it, it takes some of the stress right. off that job that you're not that so you're not crazy, so crazy about, about doing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, you know, cultivate a passion, but it doesn't have to be your career. My advice to our listeners is when it comes to your children's careers, again, stay out of it. You can encourage them a little bit one way or the other. Never, I never told my kids that they had to be broadcasters. Lord knows there's more lucrative ways to make a living. It took me 20 years in the business before I made a good salary. I, I know. I mean, even with, with me with teaching, when I first got out of school, the only jobs you could get were in Catholic schools. I taught for like, I don't know, like seven, eight years. For no money. Before I even made $10,000. No money, no benefits, no tenure. So, uh, you know, it's, you know uh, they have to find their own. Yeah, and we wanted our kids to be happy. Be happy with what they're doing. And... Uh, that's my. That's all I got to say about that. As far as I'm concerned, that's about all I got to say about that. Don't micromanage. Don't micromanage their their marriage, their relationships. Don't try to micromanage their careers. You could have a kid who has all kinds of degrees. Maybe has a, maybe has an MBA, mm-hmm. and there's somebody knocking on their door, and they want to offer them three four hundred thousand dollars a year to run Thunder Corporation. And your kid decides, well, you know what? I'd rather do something, this job here, for $50,000 a year because it makes me feel fulfilled. It makes me happy. It makes me joyful. And, of course, we as parents are like, what? He's doing what? And I just say to people, stay out of it. Is your kid happy? Yeah. Leave it alone. Let it go. Maybe at some point they'll decide to do that other thing that you want them to do. But it's not your and the, call. And the thing is that, you know, if you want to be really honest with yourself, do you want them to have that other job because you really think it's going to be uh, security for them? Or do you want to be able to brag and say, my kid's a doctor, my kid's a lawyer? The other thing is have faith. Have faith in something, someone, a faith in God. Uh, my mother used to want me to go to church. My dad, I don't think it was any skid off his nose whether I went or not. He wasn't a churchgoer himself. My mom went to church, uh, not every week, but when she went, she would drag me, and I hated it. She would drag me off to that church, and it was all in Latin, and they had the priest had his back to you, and they, you know, they would ring the bell at the beginning, and the priest would come out, and I thought, my God, I'd rather have hot lead poured in my ears than, <laughs> than do this. But I think it's important to have a belief in 
God or some higher power or or something. So, and and one of our one of our kids is an atheist. And you know what? We don't argue it with him. It's his business. It's his life. It's it's his call. It's not our call. The only response I think that I ever made to him about it is, well, something had to start this. If you talk about the Big Bang, yeah, well... Some, some, somebody had to have made the stuff that banged. <laughs> yeah, somebody had to make the stuff that made the bang. There had to be a start somewhere, and I don't think that there is any such thing as spontaneous creation. I don't think it has. I, th- I think uh, Stephen Hawking says it can happen. Mm-hmm. And I think Hawking is probably one of the smartest guys that ever was, but I respectfully have to disagree with him on that. I don't think that anything can ever be created from nothing outside of some higher power mm-hmm. causing it. So that's my take on having faith. On marriage. Well, Mo and I are married 44 years. And, and people, as people, people say, that's the happiest 10 years of his life. happiest 10 years of my <laughs> life. And... Was it all peaches and cream? Hell no. Hell no. Uh, Marriage is hard work. It is hard work. And there was a time, maybe 25 years ago, where our marriage had kind of hit the rocks. And we did not know what was going to happen to Pete and Maureen. And it's scary. It's scary for me to think about it now. It was Mm -hmm. scary as hell then. But the bottom line is that we were both in love with each other. It was kind of like we loved each other, but we didn't exactly like each other. And it really took a lot of talking. And sometimes voices were raised. Sometimes doors were slammed. Sometimes there were tears. Sometimes there was talking into the wee small hours of the morning But the bottom line is that we got through it because it was important to us. But it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, we took our vows very seriously. We weren't going to just throw it all away. But by the same token, we were having times when we were like, we just had so many differences of opinion, mostly about how the kids were being raised. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it was the biggest thing I think and differences on on discipline and and that kind of thing and it was very hard advice on raising children because we have three of them and one is 42 right 41 41 right now Sean is like hey dad thanks thanks for making me older than I am 42 41 41 41 38 right? Mm-hmm. And 32. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we've got a lot of experience raising kids. To those of you who are about to have kids or have young children, God bless. <laughs> God bless. Beware of, what is it, 15? 15 was the magic year. <laughs> Each of our three kids, when they got to be 15, their brain exploded. And if there was going to be any crap going down, it happened at about 15 Mm -hmm. on each of them. And they each came through the other side 
they are all great kids, great adults, responsible parents. Uh, you couldn't ask for three better kids. But when they each got to 15, it was crazy time. <laughs> I think they were possessed or something. And <laughs> there is no manual out there. You can read all the books you want. But believe me when I say there's no manual out there that tells you how to fly this thing. Mm-hmm. And you just got to go with your gut. Yeah. You, a lot of times you're flying by the seat of your pants. So uh, if you're raising kids, God bless. It's, <laughs> it's not the, it is not the easiest thing in the world to do. And I think that's, uh, that's about it. That's, that's our advice. Not Some of it was given to us. Some of it we pass along for your information and you do with, do with it what you will. We hope you find it helpful. I hope so. It's, uh, it ain't no walk in the park, folks, is it? <laughs> well, this is Mixing It Up with Pete and Maureen. And I'm Pete Toriello. And I'm Maureen Toriello. And we invite you to join us again. Remember, we send you a new podcast every Monday. So make sure that you click on the subscribe and give us a like and please... Uh, share us with your friends because we need listeners. Oh, we got to point out, last week we hit our 1,000th download Yay, on yes. the Pete and Maureen <laughs> podcast. So that was nice. That was very gratifying. And thanks to all of our friends here in, in our town, here in Madison Park, who have been listening to the show and helped us get those numbers up too. So we love you guys and we hope that you're enjoying it. So next week, we'll see you again with another show when we talk about whatever we pull off the top of our heads or somewhere else or straight from the heart. I'm Pete Torriello. I'm Maureen Torriello. Until then, goodbye, God bless you, and thank you. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.